is up, everybody? Welcome to the Next Guy Up podcast weekend preview episode. Oh, we are live on a Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. We got an awesome episode planned for you guys today. We are going to be kicking things off with a guess that stat from Mason, followed by a Jasper attack. For those that don't know, Jasper is Zach's dog, and she was just saying hello. She's hyped up for a guess that stat. Then we're going to be diving into a throwback to the first couple of episodes, Red Flag. Mason and Zach are going to be throwing some red flags, some stuff that they're ready to pop off about, some hot takes, you would say. Then we're going to do a rapid recap of last weekend, NFL and college football, before we dive into the uh, this weekend's matchups we're looking forward to in football. And then we'll get into the gambling side of the episode where we do our best bets, hop on a prop, and the next guy up podcast parlay. That's a mouthful. That uh, we we're very close to hitting last week. So, guys, what is up? How are we? Zach, are you back? Is Jasper still barking? You may hear her bark a little bit in the background, but uh, I think she, right. she's mostly fine. She's, she's she, def- she did not bark at all home. until as soon as we hit go, and then she was like, oh, it's time to bark now. It was her time true. to shine, of course. Uh, Doing great. I, I will I will say a little bit down. that I really, really felt good about the next guy at Parlay that we had last week. I really thought it was going to hit. Um so close. We were one. We were one uh, mm. turnover away. Turnover from the Patriots away. Jets game from hitting it. Man, those played. They played the cleanest game they played all season. Uh, not really, but they just didn't really turn it over until the. It's like nothing happened in that game until the very end. They gave us hope. Yeah, it was over two and a half, and they got. It was like it was like safety, and then turnover on downs right at the end, and they threw up a hail mary. If they just intercepted it, we could have hit it still, but. We would have had it right there. You know, that's how it goes, I guess. Bummer. Bummer. So we were kind of talking about this earlier today, and that would be we all have our favorite sports teams. Right. And what happened last week with Tinsley going all the way to Jacksonville Yep. and it being a crushing loss. I'm sorry, Tins. But what happens is is that we all root for all of our teams, right? So you got your college, your NFL, and then fantasy usually. So what is our like what is your sweep, your sports, your perfect sports sweep weekend? Well, first of all, this exactly. really came about because Tinsley shared with us um a Facebook post from <laughs> many moons ago, uh back in high school. Whenever a much younger Tinsley was like, oh, nine, oh, nine, this is 2009. So 14 years ago, um, he was like, man, if only our high school team had won, I could have got a weekend sweep or something. Cause he said back then, I guess he was a Gators fan. He said, well, I am, I am from Florida. Uh-huh. I did grow up a Gators fan, but once Crash. I became friends with you guys and Morgan's a big UT fan, I didn't want to fight you guys about the Titans and Vols every weekend of my life, so I decided to just cut it in half. So right. you announced your fandom with me during the Alabama game, where I think where we Derek Henry <laughs> ran up like sixty-three to zero Tough. or something. Like but uh, yeah, go ahead, Zach. Continue oh no, that, that, so that was that, that was what facilitated this conversation about 
uh, how sweet the feeling is when you get the weekend sweep, you know, especially in football season, whenever you got all your teams are hitting, you know, you, you're only taking dubs throughout the week. Now I will say our betting, betting wise, we have taken nothing but L's for the last couple of weeks. Uh, we're we're going to turn it, we're turning it around. <laughs> we're, we're really all the way back up, but uh, your teams wise, people you root for. Um, and so we were thinking about maybe just doing a fun little segment where we can recap uh, who maybe what our teams are that, that would constitute a, a weekend sweep. Uh, and then if one of us hits it, uh, having a little celebration at the beginning of our uh, weekend preview. Um, so my weekend sweep would constitute um, Tennessee Vols winning, uh, Tennessee Titans win, and then my fantasy team, which finally got our first win of the season, uh, a big a big fantasy win too. That If I went three for three, that's a good weekend for me. Did that happen last weekend, Zach? Uh, it did not. Yep. The Titans blew it for Bummer. us. Bummer. Really look terrible. Titans setup. really look terrible. Yeah. So I'm going to go with, those would be my three as well, but I want to mix mine up just to give something different. Everybody knows that uh, I was a huge Kobe Bryant fan when he's playing on the Lakers and even Shaquille O'Neal. And so they do play in October, November, and December. So if the Lakers do plan or do like land on a Sunday, which primetime games and with LeBron being there now, usually they'll kind of get some Sunday games in. I'm going to go with my perfect sweep, which is still tough, would be the Titans because they're in my weekend pre or they're in my weekend sweep. The Titans, the Lakers, and my fantasy team. Fair. Well, I'm going to. That's, Go ahead, Tans. No, that's good. That's good. I like mixing up with your favorite NBA team, which that's my favorite NBA team now too because of the fact that I am a LeBron James uh, fan. I just hop wherever he's at. Um, but I think I'd have to go – I am a Vols fan, but I'm not as into college as I am t- as I am like NFL and stuff. So I think I would rather just – if I could hit one fat parlay every weekend mm. – <laughs> my nine fantasy teams if they could go 500 <laughs> and the jags winning the jack like if, if the jags can just win i can pretty much deal that's with much anything it. else yeah. that's pretty much it like had the jags won last weekend i could have i could have dealt with the fact that uh i missed a 10 leg parlay uh that was that i hit nine legs of and the losing leg blew a 24 point lead aka minnesota welcome to the graveyard uh, never going to see you guys again. Um, so yeah, just, just that. That's fair. That's But no, last weekend I lost all my bets, uh, all my fantasy, all of my fantasy teams <laughs> lost all nine of them. Chewy. How does that happen? That's, That's impressive. Well, all nine. What's the all nine and it's then true. the Jags losing. So what just happened? I, I go down like nine units on a weekend. All my fantasy teams lose. And then the Jags get blown out by freaking CJ Stroud. And we have fullbacks returning kick. You know, that was wild. Just, yeah. That was Are the Texans good? Not. Are we talking about that? No. Texans they're might not. be good. Colts might be good. AFC Colts South is kind of a mess. Yeah. Kind of Colts fun. might be good. I, I like that head coaching hire they had. Um, and I think what the Colts are going to have to decide is if they want to win games and, and like probably contend for a wild card spot, then let Gardner Minshew play all year because you don't have like the ups and downs of a rookie quarterback. 
But if they want to let Richardson start all year and get his rookie mistakes out, then they're, I mean they're not going to win as many games. But that head coach, he's he's the real deal. Hmm. So my question is, how much or how many is too many fantasy football teams? Because nine just is like, how do you even keep up? You don't. I, I, there's no way. I don't. I don't. There's there's a few leagues. I just I check on Sunday mornings to make sure there's nobody injured in my lineup. But other than that, I'm not I'm not doing I ad have, drops. I'm not doing trades. Yeah. I have one. And it's because I had two or three and I kept yeah. finding myself rooting for opposite like That's not true, Mason. A player you have would, at least be, two. You're in that sleeper league. Yeah. Oh you're yeah, in, the sleeper. Yeah. yeah I'm I, in two. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I care about the one that we're all us three and, and, and like Josh and Kyle and all of them. Um I, and Robert, of course. Sorry, Robert, your yeah. number one fantasy team ever. Uh greatest team, greatest drafter ever. We it's love true. you, Robert. Uh like I care, that's probably that's my number one league. And then I I care about the dynasty ones. And then I have one at UPS that's like a buy in league that we all put in twenty five bucks. So I'd like to win that one. It's I'm two and one in that one. So I like my team in that one. Well, I got some questions. Speaking of questions, I got a guess that stat shooting out the cannons right now. Are you all ready for it? I was born ready. ready. Well, it's a level three. So I think it's pretty moderate. We'll, We'll see how this goes. But my question is, we have had three games in the book so far, guys. So... Which player has not had a touchdown in each of the NFL games this season? Has not. In each game? Like you had to have one in each game. game. At least one in each game oh, this season. That's a lot of touchdowns. I looked at I just looked this stat up myself because I was kind of curious and I got I got a bunch of players hmm. that I found. A Raheem Moster. B Kenneth Walker. C Christian McCaffrey. D Mike Evans. Which one has not have a touchdown in each game this season? A, Raheem Moster, B, Kenneth Walker, C, Christian McCaffrey, D, Mike Evans. Lock them in, boys. What are we saying? I'm going to go D, Mike Evans. D, Mike Evans? I think it's A. Tinsley, A, Raheem Moster? I think so. The answer is B, Kenneth Walker. (laughs) Damn it. So Kenneth Walker has had the second most touchdowns this season with uh, rushing touchdowns this season with four total. Uh-huh. He had zero in week one, two in week two, and two wow. in week three. I knew Christian McCaffrey scored it every game. Uh, yep. The other ones. I Mike Evans and Raheem Mostert. I knew Mike Evans had because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> or he was. I just traded him. So that is the huh. guess that stat. We brought it back. We took a little break and we We're brought back, it back baby. for this episode. We're back, baby. Like we never left. So now it's red flag alert. Yeah. And Zach has been blowing up our phones about how heated he's popping off with takes. Let's hear it, Zach. I'm ready for it. Look, I'm not really pop I'm not popping off here, but I do I do have a couple takes. Um <clears throat> And I feel like this has been like overcovered and it's been everyone has been annoyed at it. But I think I kind of had a realization this week. Um, 
and it's this is this is about the Colorado situation. I'm not going to mm-hmm. trash on Deion Sanders. I'm not going to do the whole uh, bad for football thing because it's been overdone. I mean, it's it's been said. Uh, I think they lost because their team is not as good. And they were missing their star player. I mean, they did get beat pretty bad, and I think a lot of people are kind of reveling in that. Um, and I think the reason that people are kind of excited about that is not because they don't like Deion Sanders. Um, and so I'm kind of tying this into two different big storylines happening in football right now. There's the, the Deion Sanders narrative, but there's also this Taylor Swift narrative that's coming around. Um, and there's this big joke yeah. that's like happening on TikTok and stuff of like, um, isn't it crazy how Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map? Like that's the, this big joke thing that's like going around where wives tell their husbands that and just watch their husbands get mad. Um, and I think the same thing is happening uh, in college football with Deion Sanders. It's like, wow, isn't it crazy how Deion Sanders put college football on the map? And it, I think that's why college football fans get mad about the Deion Sanders thing. It's like, we've been here for a long time. Like, college football has existed long before Deion Sanders was here doing his whole thing, you know? Uh, and so I think it's not less about Deion Sanders and more about the whole he's come in and he's transformed college football forever and stuff in three weeks. And that's just truly not true. And same with Taylor Swift. Like the Taylor Swift thing is funny. The whole, you know, Taylor, um, I don't know. I've seen some funny like memes and parodies of Taylor Swift songs with her and Travis Kelsey breaking up and things, which makes for good content out there. But I will say, um, and I saw some of the ratings for, and I think Mason has some stats for us later, but I, I saw some of the I ratings do. for the game the Chiefs game and there are huge, like crazy numbers. And so I think both I think both Taylor Swift and Deion Sanders could be good for football. I think that's true. I think they could be good for for doing football things. Uh but I think that the reason people like us get frustrated at these narratives is like football was around long before Taylor Swift and Deion Sanders ever put their hands on it, you know, and to say that they're changing the game all just totally is is pretty annoying, I think. So I think when people are saying they're happy Deion Sanders lost, it's not because they don't like him that much. It's more just because, you know, we've been the we've been chugging along playing football for a long time here in college football land. Um, and people who are just saying, you know, this is a pretty cool thing. College football is great, you know. I don't know. That's my take. That's my whole take. What a take, Seth. Thanks, Mason. What a take. You touched on it. But the 41-10 to 10 blowout game against the Chiefs and the Bears brought the most views of any NFL game last week due to the Taylor Swift being at the Crazy. game. Taylor Swift is expected to attend Sunday night's matchup against the Chiefs, uh, or the Chiefs against the Jets. Really? NBC is projected to have a huge rating on this game. Also, Travis Kelsey sales have spiked a nearly 400% isn't it crazy how that game was put in prime time because of Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, but now it's it's deserving its prime time spot because of Taylor Swift being there. <laughs> yeah. They could have probably flexed that out, but they were like, wait a minute, That's she'll wild. probably be at that game. Yeah. yeah. So they're keeping it. So that is that's some side stats there for for the whole It was Taylor pretty funny Swift to watch debacle. like all the coaches and players like looking up into the box and, and and like pointing at Taylor and stuff and then she like snuck out in the popcorn machine did you see that I saw that It was pretty funny. I mean it, it is it is a pretty wild scenario and to kind of go all in and then <laughs> like be t- like her being in the box with his mom and stuff was pretty funny. It was 
I was kind of surprised she did that. I feel like she's pretty private a lot of times, so it's pretty funny. Well, my red flag is, and this just this makes me hate the Cardinals even more. Okay, oh. they've made they won that game. Congratulations! Uh, a whole lot of it had to do with a UT uh, alumni, mm. Josh Dobbs pulling off one of the greatest upsets of last weekend. The I'm, the Cowboys were like a double-digit uh, point favorite. And Josh Dobbs can't even get his own jersey at the team store. He posted a <laughs> video of him in the team store at the stadium, went to active players, and the starting quarterback... Yes, he hasn't been there long, and it's one of it's because they ended up dropping Colt McCoy and added him, and right before the season started. But you're an NFL team; get get your crap together. I mean, what what are we talking about here? The fact that he uh, the disrespect. I would t- if I was him, I would not throw another pass. I'd be like, "That's it. I'm sitting out. You can't even get my jerseys in here." And I'm blood, sweat, and tears for this team. I pulled off this win. So that was I kind of I just think of them as like the it's, you the Browns were horrible and they were like the the dumpster team for a while. I really I have no respect for the Cardinals. That was the final straw. Did the team even want to win though? Less the, they're like trying to tank. I feel like Josh Dobbs is like anti-tanking. Like they're going to bench him because he's they hired not the wrong player. They're going to be like, right. well, "You're playing too well. Please sit on the bench. You're trying too hard." That's probably what happened. To go back to the jersey, though, it's not like he they traded for him or signed him the day before the season started. Like it was, it was pretty early in training camp. Like the team should have his jersey for sale by now. There's teams that like in their pro shops you can get the backup quarterbacks jersey at any time. Like I can go really order, can. I can go order a CJ Beathard jersey right now from the Jag site. They, mm-hmm. We still have Gardner Minshew jerseys on there. Like what are we talking about? Josh Dobbs, 17 for 21, 189, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Six carries, 55 yards. Hmm. Out here, you know, just being a starting quarterback. Starting quarterback, better than Tannehill. Can't even, buy, can't even buy his jersey. So, they finally fixed it, apparently, Shut but up. it shouldn't even happen Because yeah, it takes like place. 30 seconds to put a name and a number on a jersey. Exactly. You, people and make custom jerseys all the time. You can just order your custom jersey with your own name on it. Exactly. True. All right, so that's that's my red flag. Let's get into the rapid recap. What should we start out with? Tens. Well, it was rap- it was a big weekend. We had a lot of top twenty five matchups. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we kind of kicked it off with with Florida State Clemson. Yeah, Florida State hadn't Fun beat game. Clemson in a long time. Uh, it kind of looked like Clemson had it going down the stretch and it. they miss a 29 yard field Choked goal to win the game. Uh, mm. I don't know. I I'm pretty big on Florida state. They didn't look great in this game. Clemson still has athletes. They still have good players. So hostile you know, environment at Clemson. I mean, hostile, it's a big game. Loud. Morning game. Really loud. Good defense. I think Clemson's always going to have a good defense, so that's going to cause trouble for them. Uh, but Jordan Travis, he looks really good for Florida State. I'm kind of jumping on their bandwagon. I have a feature on him to win the Heisman, so I'm going to just hop right on on there. Um, so that was a fun game. 
Uh, I missed. I was trying to keep up with it while I was touring a chocolate factory in Jacksonville. So shout out Zach and Mason for sending me texts because <laughs> ESPN wouldn't load. But I would get their text randomly, and I was like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> How great was that chocolate factory, though? Was it? It worth was it? awesome. Yeah, if you're ever in St. Augustine, Florida, it's the West Stone Chocolate Factory. There they used go. to do all the mass production for uh, Disney World. Fun fact. Is that our sponsor for the day? Weststone Chocolate Factory? Shout out. Uh, shout out Weststone Chocolate Factory. They are the sponsors of the Rapid Recap. <laughs> Go and try their milk chocolate today. All right. Thanks for Weststone for sponsoring this segment. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> the next thing I really have on my list, I don't. there's not really like a ton of things that stood out. We talked about Colorado getting the doors blown off of them. Um, Notre Dame. I had Notre Dame on there. <clears throat> I mean, how yeah. do you how do you line up two plays with ten men on the field? I don't know. I don't know what you do. Like, I at that point you pull an Ole Miss and you lay on the ground and have a cramp. Apparently, uh, the head coach for Notre Dame knew that it was going on. He had no timeouts. Yeah, he didn't. Mm. He couldn't communicate it with the players. So now they have a hand signal if this ever happens again. But I think what's getting lost in that is is that they had the ball with very little time left, and they chose to throw a pass on second down, stopping the clock, giving giving Ohio State more time to be able to move the ball. Like in that scenario, you run the ball up the middle three times, give them no timeouts, punt the ball with like twenty seconds, and make them go up the field. And Ohio State really so, shouldn't. That last drive was crazy. Like Notre Dame had so many opportunities to end the game. They had an interception that should have happened. I mean, it, finishing that game, it really felt like they just threw it away. Like they, they gave yeah. it away. They had it. They had the win. Um, and that one's going to hurt because I feel like a lot of Notre Dame fans, if they had won that game, it was like, we're going to the playoffs for Notre Dame fans. Um, yeah. I still think they have like a – like a path, but I feel like that was the game they had to win because I do think US. I think they can handle USC because they play very good defense. Notre Dame does. Yeah. Um, I'm just not very high on USC. I, I just, if only Notre Dame I, had a conference championship to prove themselves in. <laughs> if only. Hmm. So, yeah, I. I mean, I still they do play a couple of good a good teams, and I think they they still could pull a couple out. Um, yeah, but. That one hurts. And now... Yeah, that because that would have been a big one. That would have pushed them top five. Sam Hartman's probably a favorite yeah, for the high for sure. For sure. I mean, it is crazy how one play, one like one yard down at the very end of a game can change the narrative of a whole season like that. You know, all of a sudden they went from playoff favorites to on the outside looking in probably. Yep. And, and Ryan Day... And maybe I should have joined Red Flag because I did want to say some of this. Him calling out 87-year-old uh, – what's his name? Lou like Holtz. He's he's trying to talk like, oh, how we we play physical football. He said – he made a comment that we only had one bad half against Michigan the last two years. Like, you you didn't do anything physical there at the end. They only had 10 guys in the field. If they had, if they had one more defensive lineman right there, you're not – like Right in the gap. acting like – yeah, like quit acting like Ohio State's some. You guys have changed into a physical football team. I think I think he's like so nervous to lose the Michigan for a third year in a row. He's trying to make Notre Dame his new rival. Like, no, <laughs> this is the team we care about beating now. 
because uh, I think they have a, a couple years now where they've got like a home and away deal. So I don't know. I'm just I I feel like disgusting that I picked Ohio State before the year to win it all. I kind of hate them right now. I don't know. I just hate them. <laughs> just, I'm always they've just maybe I, I I've never really liked them, and maybe it's like I don't know. Just I hate them. I I regret that decision so much. I'd rather be wrong. And speaking of a uh, coach uh, press conference, this isn't on our notes, but uh, um, the Oregon uh, coach in his uh, pregame speech, pretty genius. I'm going to be uh, honest with you. Yes. Uh, him in the locker room being like, we, you know, we're not fighting for clicks out here like Colorado is. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible marketing for the team. Uh, and then I, th- I do think it's funny coming from Oregon who has been just like the flashiest team in the last cup, but, <laughs> yeah, they're, Oregon looks really good. Uh, Oregon looks like yeah. a playoff team. Uh, Bo Nix looks very, very good. Yeah, that Dan Lanning is insane I mean, for the game. Him coming from Georgia, from Kirby Smart, um, he he. First thing he did, he built the trenches. He went and got big five star offensive and defensive linemen. And that's not really how the Pac-12 likes to play. They like to play run and gun and be flashy and they're the team now they're they're probably the most physical team in that conference and they they really have a chance so if they can if they can be undefeated in that conference i see them probably being in the playoffs yeah i mean for sure i mean i i I saw at one point bo nix was like 12 for 12 with like 200 yards already and i was he was just tearing the defense apart it is it is funny though them talking about him saying like you know, we're not here for clicks. It's like, don't you guys have like 500 different uniform? They do, for <laughs> like sure. Combos yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, Recently, I saw one where their shoes change colors on the field. I don't know the science behind that. But pretty cool. That's a little bonus for you. Uh, another part of that quote was, we're not playing in Hollywood. We're playing on the, this game will be played on the field. Mm. So a lot to that speech there. <laughs> I felt like he rehearsed that in the mirror. I, I just it had a feeling it, it was really effective. Did. And then he then he had a video of all the Colorado players, um, like talking about trying to murder ducks and stuff on the field. <laughs> and now that really didn't age well after the game. Uh, it was just funny. It was a funny subversion for. I think that was a really smart marketing move there by uh, Danning. Pretty fun. So speaking of I getting, uh, sorry, uh, never mind. I think I mispronounced no, his name. Sorry. Well, let's transition into NFL here, and I want to start out by saying that it is now official that my NFL pick that I, my team that I picked, is now zero and three. That be my Super Bowl winning Vikings. It's It's tough. tough. It's tough. I did want to say something, though, about the Vikings. I don't know what the problem is with the team, but it is not Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is on pace to throw 6,091 yards, and Justin Jefferson is on pace to receive 2,596 yards. Both of those would be an NFL record if they continued that pace. Go ahead, Tins. Could it maybe be... The historically bad defense from last year returning less p- starters and getting yeah, worse somehow. Um, could it be that maybe that they had a lot of 
things break their way in all those one possession games that we talked about when I said they may be due for a little regression in as far yeah, as was, winning all the once one score games at the games. end. Maybe. That was a bad take by me. Because I took that and turned it around as that means that they can finish close games. That's how I that's how I portrayed <laughs> that. And apparently it's not looking too good right now. But um, you know, only up from here. Like I said, they were on pace for record breaking. They were also on pace to go 0 and 17 as well. If this just <laughs> continues like this, so we'll see what happens. But uh, what other things did we? We have a couple 0 and 3 teams, but we, but we also have some 3 and 0 teams. The 49ers, Dolphins, and Eagles are left. Who's the best out of those? And and what what's your assessment of all that? I I tend to lean the 49ers are the best out of that three. I know the fun pick is to say Miami because they just scored 70 points and their offense has looked amazing, which it has. There's no denying that their offense is great. Um, I just worry about Tua staying healthy, not just the concussions, but he's had ankle injuries, a hip injury. Uh, it's just, you know, he's, he's one – big hit away and they don't have a great offensive line. I don't like their defense as much as everybody else seems to like them. I think the 49ers are a complete team, both sides of the ball. And if Brock Purdy is going to play the way he's playing and be not just a game manager, but like uh, a true, like, like top tier quarterback, I mean, he's playing at like a top 12 level of quarterback, then other than injuries, I mean, injuries are the biggest thing in the NFL. It's like a war of attrition, but like the 49ers just seem like a team that can just beat you up in multiple different ways. So I like them. The Eagles seem like there's something off about them. Uh, there's, I don't know, Jalen Hurts just doesn't seem like – there's some rumors that he has a shoulder injury that he's like trying to keep like on the DL. Like they're not trying to make a big deal out of it because he didn't want to have surgery. But it seems to be affecting him. He's not making the same kind of deep throws with the same kind of accuracy as he was last year. Zach, what is what is a tush push? Oh my! That is the play uh, by the Eagles <clears throat> where they push Jalen Hurts uh, for short yardage. Should it be? Should it be? Uh, I banned? love it. Keep it up. Love Do the more. Tush push. I, you know what? Why isn't any other NFL team doing it? If we're all going to complain about it, any any NFL team they just can do, do it as well as the Eagles do. Yeah, I I don't I don't have an issue with it. I don't think they should be allowed to push him from behind. But like the real issue I have with it is the fact that it's all the offensive linemen are just diving at the knees of the defensive linemen. We're going to get dudes ACLs. Very legal blocks. Yeah, they're not they're supposed. To, it. Yeah, they're not supposed to be able to just dive straight down like that. So I don't know why we don't call that. But whatever. Hmm. All, all you gotta start doing, you just gotta get some big fat guys right there in front of the center, and then you're gonna have to have your linebackers jump over where Jalen's just surfing because he's just body surfing over the the pile. Well, then they, they tried to do the thing. I don't know if this was last week or not, where um, he he rolls out and then like throws a pass like throwing that. During that formation, formation, and then, but he yeah. and I think that if they they can start putting wrinkles in because it's so effective that teams if they start yeah. trying to stack it up as much as possible, then they're just going to start running those uh, around and about stuff, and I think it'll be fun to watch. Our whole <laughs> offense is just based on the tush push. Yeah, that'd be fun. Let's do it. What a they world. just run that every play. Yeah, every what play. <laughs> you never know what can happen. <laughs> 
Well, did did Tins, did you have any other takes about the three and O teams? No, I think they're just all Zach? great. They're all three are very good. Here's my take. How they're... close are the Cardinals to being three and O? Pretty pretty far. <laughs> the Cardinals? The two games they lost they were close so games. close. Like they very easily could be three and right now. Was their first game pretty close? I don't remember. It was. Let me look it up. Hang on. I know I know the Giants, you're right. The Giants they had to have a comeback. That's uh, right. They were leading, they were leading by both half games that they lost. Damn. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize, Cardinals. Please don't cut. now I'm talking about no fans. They, that's the Cardinals. They don't even have their quarterback's jersey in the in the pro shop. Listen, that's true. I'm I'm kind of on the Cardinals bandwagon right now. Like I want to see the Cardinals push for the playoffs right now. That would be just the funniest narrative of all time. They lost they lost to the Commanders twenty to sixteen in the first game. Which they really yeah, should have won. And then they lost 31 28 to the Giants. They got to definitely be 3 0 against the spread. But they play the 49ers. They, this week I think they've the all been huge underdogs. Yeah. They got a couple of tough games coming up. So we have some fun NFL and college football matchups this weekend. Uh, we all want to zone in on what we're looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to kick us off just because Tinsley just touched on the Dolphins a little bit. And I want to go over some quick stats as uh, from last weekend just because it's fun as well as break down the game this weekend. And that would be the Dolphins at the Bills. After the Dolphins put up, everybody's heard it, 70 points against the Broncos. The Dolphins are a two-and-a-half-point underdog against the Bills. So that's pretty wild. But also the team that got blown out, which was the, Bron- the Broncos only put up 20. They got blown out by 50 points. Everybody, apparently public money is going in all, all on them against the Bears. So that's pretty wild. The team that got blown out, they're the favorites against the Bears. The Bears are very bad. But um, the Bears are bad. You, good assessment, you. Zach. Good job. <laughs> um, some quick stats for you about this 70-point game that happened. Then, I'll, then I'll, we'll talk about this upcoming week. Dolphins had more points in that game than the Broncos have had all season. Pretty wild. Broncos are bad. Tua has ranked first in passer rating, yards per attempt, and yard completion percentage for the season. And the last stat is the top six ball carriers from last week, this is of any game, all came from the Dolphins. The speed thing. Yes, the speed thing. So clocking their their speed, Mm -hmm. the fastest six ball carriers were, number one, Tyreek Hill, Number two, Devon, is it a, a chain? A chain? It's a. It's a, words with Mason. <laughs> I, we'll get, we'll, I get it. I had it until you asked. Until I butchered it. Number three, Tyreek Hill. Number four, uh, Raheem Moster. Number five, Tyreek Hill again, and then number six, the rookie running back again. So all top six. They were just. I don't know what they had for breakfast that morning, but they were all flying apparently. <laughs> Pretty wild stat there. Um, And for this upcoming game, this is a huge divisional game. Uh, It can mean – it could have a huge significance down the stretch. This game could be the difference, in my opinion, of winning the division or becoming a wild card team. Uh, Dolphins, we already talked about, 3-0, and then the Bills are 2-1. So looking forward to this game for sure. What do you guys think? Uh, it's definitely a very big game, like you said. I 
I'm probably gonna bet the Bills. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Everyone's gonna wow. jump on the. Everyone's gonna jump on the Dolphins. You love, you love Josh Allen. Yeah, he's not my favorite, but um, <laughs> everyone's gonna jump on the Dolphins because they just scored seventy points, and it's the fun thing to do. But if you like, I don't know. Home field advantage matters. I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna take the Bills. Playing in Buffalo because like Vegas, be Vegas is telling you that they're on a neutral site. They would be a even team as far as like setting the line. So give me the home team in that situation. Hmm. Can we find game? I'm going to say it's pretty close. I will also go the bills just because I think there's got to be some type of, you know, recession after blowing out and they didn't even put the, like pump the brakes or nothing. So we'll see what happens, but give me the bills as well. All right, Zach, let's hear it. What game are you most excited about this weekend? All right. Um, we are, so there's a couple I was tossing around, um, mostly in the college football world. I, I am excited to see what happens in this LSU Ole Miss game. I think, um, Ole Miss did not look bad against Bama. I think they are are a pretty good team and it's at Ole Miss, which can be a pretty raucous environment. LSU, um, I don't know what to think about LSU. They, they've been really hit or miss. They've had, they've looked good at times. They've looked really bad at times. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun game. Big SEC West uh, stuff happening there, though. Uh, with Bama having a loss, LSU having a loss, Ole Miss having a loss. They're all one-loss teams at this point at the top, and so that'll be a fun a fun one, a big one. Um, but I am going to go with Notre Dame versus Duke as my game of the week in college football. Uh, two ranked opponents. I think Notre Dame is about 11, and Duke is about 17. Duke is undefeated right now, but hasn't played a lot of people. But they are undefeated, and their defense looks really good. Notre Dame, um, you know, after I trashed on them at the beginning of the season, they have not looked bad. They really gave Ohio State a run for their money and should have won that game in all reality. I think they're going to come back pretty uh, upset about this one. It's at Duke, which I think is going to change the narrative a little bit and make it a little make it a pretty fun game. I think it's going to be close. Uh I think the line's like five and a half, so um, in the favor of Notre Dame, but it's at a it's an away game, and uh, some of those away night away games can go other way depending on how a couple factors go. So I think that'll be a fun one to watch. Both defenses are really good, and Notre Dame really is playing for their season. I mean, if if uh, they lose this, their playoff hopes are down the drain. Uh, really, yeah, quick. they're really, yeah especially since they're not in the conference. But, yeah, two losses. We're not. You're not going to see anybody with two losses getting in. Um, I definitely like that. I've got one in each. I've got one in NFL and college. But I'm going to do my college one real quick. I don't have I don't have any stats. I don't have any rhyme or reason why this is my favorite matchup other than the fact that both these offenses are fun. I love the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, Kansas versus Texas. Texas is looking to be – They do look good. They're looking good. I didn't think they would look this good, but they look great. I like Kansas. They have a fun like uh, like one-two punch at quarterback. They kind of rotate in uh, the guy from last year, Daniels, and then the guy who replaced him when he got hurt, Bean. He'll like go play receiver and then come in and play. It's mm-hmm. wild. So they're fun to watch, and they're a fun team. That coach, uh, Leipold, has done a good job rebuilding Kansas from the ashes. Uh, to being a solid football program, so that game always uh, ends up pretty I'm, close somehow. Yeah, I, like yeah, I think they covered, pretty close. I feel like they covered last year too. 
Um, so I'm looking forward to that game. I think it'll be fun. And then NFL-wise, I'm going to go with the Eagles versus Commanders. I love a good interdivisional game early in the season. Um, Commanders looking to have a bounce back. They just got walloped by the Bills. Uh, Sam Howell had his worst performance as a quarterback. It's only his fourth start, but you know, he started one game last year and then you know these three so far. But uh, he was... Oh, he was bad last week. Um, I'm looking for them to bounce back. And like I talked about earlier, I think there's something off with the Eagles. They're just not looking the same kind of dominant team as they did last year. And so I kind of see a window here for the commanders at home to maybe steal an early NFC East game from the Eagles. Upset so, alert. I think I got them on upset alert. The, you got to watch out for those divisional games. The commanders, the commanders have one of the – you know, the Eagles probably have the best defensive line in the NFL, probably, and then 49ers, Cowboys. But the Commanders are probably top five. They, I mean, Chase Young looks like he's bounced back from all his knee issues. They got the Alabama boys at the defensive tackle spot. So they've got some dudes over there. And then Montez Sweat is like a sack artist. So I like, I like what the Commanders have got. So those would be my two games hmm. before we – shift into our best bets i'm ready for it we're ready for it do we, Zach, do we I want to do a rundown of uh, some of our, our our betting so far uh spreadsheet that they're stuff. bad <laughs> uh well my spreadsheet side of things is really long um tins is putting up vol he's a volume shooter right now he, he I'm is a volume shooter. dozens of bets on a weekly basis um, you're not wrong. Last week, I know I had the Chargers, Chargers Viking game to go over as my best bet. Did not happen. Uh, and then I had, I know I had Travis Etienne as my hop on a prop that hit. So that's you know I went one for one on the podcast. Uh, that's pretty good. That's fifty percent. And then my leg of the parlay hit. Same, my leg of the parlay hit. I was one. I was one for one. Tough break by your boy. <laughs> yep, we just needed one more. It was so close. Like it, was, said, it was. It was. It was a good bet. I think it we we had the perfect condition. Yeah, the weather got unlucky. Let me see, Mason. Oh, Mason went. No, I missed one. Uh, Nick, oh, Falk Nick Falk did not have two field yeah, goals. But my hop on a prop, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he had one. My Kyle Pitts over 33 and a half yards, it hit. He he he, he did didn't have, have that. a problem with that one. So here we are. One one and I technically blew it for us on the parlay. But I'm feeling good today, boys. I'm feeling good today. I think parlay. we're on the way back. Oh, Don't good. start fading us now. This is where we get hot. We're due, we right, Tins? Yeah, we're due. When you're listening to this on Friday, just ignore the picks I gave out for Thursday night because which the Packers did just but uh doesn't help us very much no it does not all right okay here we go best best bet bet time best bet best bet (laughs) I'm gonna start us out with the Steelers minus two and a half at the Texans we just talked about the Texans a little bit ago Zach's wondering if they're good or not but let me tell you a stat about the Steelers Pittsburgh 
is 5-0 and against the spread in the last five games on the road. They are going to be in Houston. Houston is 1-4 against the spread in the last games at home. So you're looking at a who's the best away. That would be the Steelers. Who is the worst at home? That is the Texans. Stroud's looking pretty good. I just I can't go against Mike Tomlin and the Steelers and how good they have been doing against the spread. So there's my pick. It best is. bet. Minus two and a half. Lock it in. I like that. I, I think the Texans have a lot of issues along their offensive line right now. Uh, you wouldn't know it because the Jags have no pass rush, but the Steelers do. The Steelers have a plethora of guys that can get after CJ Stroud, okay. and he's not. He is good. Like he's looked good, and that's because he's had time in the pocket against the few teams he's played. He's not played a defensive line like the Steelers yet. So I I love that bet. Um, I'll be riding that one with you. Uh, Zach, do you want to do yours, or are you still not? No, I'm ready. Decide. Okay, let's hear it. Ready. Um, so here's my best bet. Um, and this, I know, I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some hate for this one. I think, but I feel good about it. Here's, oh no. Um, here, here's what I'm saying for my best bet. Uh, Colorado at plus twenty one and a half. Um. They play a USC team who has a very good offense. We all know this. We we know Caleb Williams uh, is a Heisman contender, um, maybe in the top two or three Heisman spots right now. Uh, but we also know that USC's defense is very bad and has given up a good bit of points to some very bad teams, like Arizona State, uh, who is truly trash. Um, they gave them a run for their money last week. And so I, I am. I don't. I believe that USC's offense is very good, but I also don't believe that USC's defense is good at all. And what we know about uh, Colorado is they're pretty similar, right? Their their offense is yeah. is pretty high powered. A lot of athletes, even without Travis Hunter, um, they are still a good team. Still have a very good quarterback. I know that their offensive line is suspect, which it definitely is. But uh, Shadur Sanders has been making a lot of plays, and so. Uh, I'm saying plus 21 and a half here because 21 is a lot of points, three touchdowns. Uh, even for a USC team who puts up a lot of points, I am betting on this game going to a shootout of sorts, at least in the first half, uh, trading some touchdowns with each other, keeping it close. I mean, I still think USC wins comfortably, but I think that they win by 14 or 17 points. Uh, I don't think Colorado goes out and gets just smacked around like they did against Oregon because I think Oregon's a better team than USC at the end of the day. I think Oregon is is more well-rounded on both sides of the ball where I think USC is kind of one-dimensional with a really bad defense. Yep. You know what type of game this feels like What to type me? of game, Mason? A backdoor type of game where he does not want to get blown out and he keeps pressing and USC kind of – takes their foot off the gas what a little bit Oregon. and all of a sudden he's yeah, 45 he's points big. and then you get 42 and then you take all your starters out and then what happens colorado's like <laughs> Deion's like nope i'm not gonna look this bad and right. he continues and they score a couple at the end yeah that's a feeling 21 point, 21 and a half points is a lot. that's it a big back door at 21 and a half yeah <laughs> not wrong uh all right 
I like that one too, honestly. But I'm trying to not bet too much college because it's just kicking me. We'll down. see what happens on Saturday. Yeah, that's that's Thursday tens saying stuff like that. <laughs> Saturday tens is crazy. Saturday tens is wild. All um, of a sudden, he's like, "Oh, I just placed twenty <laughs> bets. Whoops." <laughs> Spreadsheet. Time to update it. Uh, all right, my best bet. I'm going with the under. And it's 40 and a half right now. It's moved down a little bit from the opening line. Texans, not Texans, Titans and Bengals, sorry. Titans and Bengals. Both these teams have something in common. Their offensive lines are bad. Their Mm. defensive lines are very good. Um, Mm. The the Titans right now, it's you guys are Titans fans. There's no secret. You're having a hard time scoring the ball. That's the offensive line has been really letting you guys down. Tannehill is turning the ball over Not and great. doing some fun, some funny stuff. Uh, the Titans right now are averaging 15 points per game. Now, you might think I'm crazy taking an under in a game involving Joe Burrow, but here's the thing. The, the Bengals are only averaging 15.3 points per game. They're, they they just had their out their breakout game where things looked good against the Rams on Monday night, they scored 19 points. Uh, so, yeah. Also, they moved. the offense didn't look that good. It was a defense. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, yeah. It was exactly. a very defensive game for the Bengals. Yeah, like Jamar Chase finally like had his first big game of the year, but they still scored 19 points. Um, so, in a game in Nashville with Joe Burrow still kind of recovering from this, this calf injury and the Titans still have one of the better defensive lines in the league, um, give me under 40 and a half points in a game that hmm. looks to be another field gold fest. And I mean, I, I, I love my odds there. So it's minus 115. A little bit unrelated, but I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen a defensive player like do what Miles Garrett did against the Titans. It was, I, it was hmm. insanity watching him just tear apart the offensive line play after play. After, I was like, are we just not going to, try and do any are we just gonna let him you guys were like getting delay games because you would move the two tight ends to whatever side of the field he was on and then he would just go back and they would go i don't have a delay of game then have miles garrett just i know every time truly there's insanity he is a monster they literally had like three guys blocking him should should, get to the quarterback he he had what three and a half sacks his prop was for 0.75 so should have took that. That's pretty good. Wow. Should have. Should have cut a wood up. That's a good prop right there, Tins. Yeah, speaking of props, maybe we should speaking hop on props. Them. Let's hop on a prop, Mason. Hop on a prop. <laughs> hop on a prop. <laughs> All right, I'll start me. us out. If you placed a bet that your boy Mason was going to be the one to talk about uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars instead of Tinsley, you cast your bet because if you thought you could avoid – Jacksonville Jaguars, then you would be wrong. It wasn't me. It was Listen, not me. If you want to get up at 8 a.m. and eat some breakfast and watch an NFL game, well, guess what? This weekend you can because the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Atlanta Falcons are playing in London. My prop is Evan Ingram over 46 and a half yards at minus 105. This will go up. So we're going to post this on. Twitter, X, Y, Z. Ingram's yards last uh, three games, 67, 57, 49 yards. 
The Jags' last London game last season, Ingram led the team in receptions, yards, and he had the lone touchdown. I expect him to show out in this game as well. If you want to, you can also watch him be a toy on the Toy Story, whatever they're doing, where they're turning the players into toys. I'm on excited. I might watch it. I'm actually going to change it over there just to see. Because this type of technology that we're dealing with now is like insanity. Like we got AI running around here. Yeah. We got this where they're lit- in, in actual live time. I'm sure it will be delayed a little bit. But you're going to have these. Uh, they're going to put chips on them or something. I don't know how they'll have it. But whatever the player catches a ball or runs or whatever, it could be really bad. I might it, You might turn it, it on might there and bad. you'd be like, this is not good. Or it might be really good. Like, if he catches a pass like this, is the toy going to actually catch it? Like, and of course, I'm doing movements, and this is a podcast. <laughs> but you know what I mean. So, we'll see what happens, kind of. But expect uh, Toy Story toy Evan Ingram to score 46 and a half yards or more at minus 105. That's my hop on a prop special. I, I like this one as well, not just because it's a Jaguars player, but me and Mason were texting. I... I think I've talked about it enough where I, I work at UPS. So I go in crazy hours. Uh, I was up at two 30 this morning to get Sweet. up to go to work. And uh, what is the first thing I do when I get to work before we start? Uh, oh, got to go check some props. And this line was at what I say was at 38 and a half, 30, 38 and a half. Yeah. So, I mean, this thing's been moving up all day. Doug Peterson uh, has taken back play calling responsibilities from press Taylor uh, is like a hush hush thing. He's saying he's not, but he is. Um, he loves to get the tight ends involved. He's going to get Evan Ingram going, get the offense in a rhythm, quick passes. Um, so I definitely like this a lot and need it just for personal reasons, not even betting. I just need the Jaguars to get rolling here. All right. <laughs> so my hop on a prop. Now, who would have thought I'd be taking a AFC South um, rival? But here I am. Wow, Michael Pittman. R- Michael Pittman Jr. is on fire. He has gone for eight, eight, and nine catches in three games. Wow. He has gone over 10, 10 targets in each game. His prop is over five and a half at minus one twenty. And I'm locking it in. Um, I think he's 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 great against man. He's a big body receiver who gets good separation, but he's also uh, great against zone. He finds the soft spots in the zones and finds somewhere to settle down for the quarterback to find him and get the chains moving. He's got good chemistry with uh, Anthony Richardson, who looks like he will be returning as the starter after his concussion. But if not, if Gardner Minshew is the one who's out there, he played well with him last week. He had nine targets. Um, the Rams, like we just talked about, Jamar Chase just finally had his breakout game for like 10 catches, 150-something yards. So uh, I definitely like Michael Pittman to have over six catches in this game. And I'm, it's – well, it. and weather doesn't matter. I don't remember if they play in Indy. I think they play in Indy, but they're in a dome. If not, if they're in L.A., they're in a dome too. So we don't have to worry about like a gross weather game where they're not going to be passing the ball around. It's a good pick, Tens. Zach, did you have a hop on a prop? I don't. I don't. That's okay. I'll forgive you this. Oh, I just saw his. Oh, I just saw your parlay. 
leg. So that's gross. <laughs> oh no, dang it. I just saw it too. <laughs> Nate, well, let's let's transition to our next guy up parlay. Zach, why don't you, why don't you start us off? Buddy? Um, all right. Here we are. Um, listen. I really was. I went through the whole slate of college football, and I was trying to find something I liked, something I felt really good about. Um, I stumbled upon this game, uh, possibly not a good game, uh, and that would be <laughs> Missouri at Vanderbilt. Um, <laughs> Vanderbilt is wow. uh, Vanderbilt doesn't look very good. I will say that they're two and two. Um, they they played two uh, pretty bad teams and beat them played two okay teams and lost to them. Uh, now here's here's the situation. They are playing Missouri. Missouri is uh, four and0 right now ranked Take you out there, 23. Um, but here's the deal about Missouri. Uh, I don't believe in Missouri. I think they are very bad as well. Uh, let's take a quick look at their wins so far this year. This Missouri team, uh, who is receiving a little bit of uh, kind of fanfare for their season up to this point. Uh, so, they, well, some of us, if you listen to the pod over the summer, you listened to me and took six and a half wins. Of course you're rooting for Missouri. I mean, six year. and a half wins. That's looking pretty good at this point. They beat South Dakota. They beat Middle Tennessee State by four points, 23 to 19. How- Powerhouse. They beat Kansas State by three points, and then they beat Memphis last week by seven points. This is not a Missouri team that is just wrecking worlds out here. Uh, they, in fact, do not even look very good at themselves. And so the pick that I took um, is in this game of pretty mediocre teams. Missouri is the worst 23-ranked team that's ever existed. Uh, they, The line is 13.5 for Missouri to win. It's at Vanderbilt. We know Vanderbilt can be a tough home field uh, there, tough situation to play in. Uh, that's sarcastic. It's not. But against all odds, I'm taking Vanderbilt to cover at plus 13 and a half. I think they are not as bad as people think, and I think Missouri is not as good as people think, and it's going to come out in the wash. I think Missouri still wins, but just not by more than 13 and a half points. All right. <laughs> I'm going to make a suggestion that we alternate line that to plus 14 to avoid the hook, but that is something you know, that we can discuss that's fine as a with group. Me. Let's do it. Is it, should we lock, lock that in? in. I'll, yeah. I'll change it. it. We have why, a little, why don't we give ourselves the extra hook and 14 and a half? Just because we can at least get it voided if it's a, all right. you know, oh, 14 and a half total. I'll tease it. Let's do that. Okay, yeah, it's, it's minus one thirty three at fourteen plus fourteen and a half. That's how quick to the draw wow. I am. Ooh. Okay, so it's my or well, never mind. I was about to give our total payout, but let's go ahead and go through each one. Tens, go ahead and tell us what your set the second leg of our parlay will be. All right, so I am rolling that that I'm rolling with uh, Miles Sanders over. 57 and a half yards rushing or 50. Yeah, no, it's moved. Okay. 57 yep. and a half yards rushing. Beautiful. Um, they're playing the Vikings at home. It sounds like Bryce Young's going to give it a go. He's had this ankle injury. 
Um, I think they're going to lean on the run game here a little bit. The Vikings cannot stop the run to save their lives. Um, I think they're going to lean on the vet, even if Bryce Young's back, because they're, they don't want to further injure him. So, I mean, 57 and a half yards, get me at 58. Uh, I like that. All right. Good pick, Tens. The third leg is going to be Bijan, Bijan Robinson. Is that how you say his first Bijan. name? Bijan. Bijan. Like Dijon. Yeah. Uh, mustard. Okay. Bijan Robinson over three and a half receptions at, and this one's juiced a little bit, but we have some to give since we have these parlays going. Minus 166. Uh, if you. I just asked Tinsley's analysis on the Jags def- defense against running backs. And what was the other one? Tight ends. Yeah. And what, what is their defense? Uh, we, How good su- we suck at guarding tight ends and running backs. We're good at stopping the run. <clears throat> Excuse me. But we are terrible at letting running backs just stand in the flat and catch five passes a game. Mm-hmm. couple stats for you. Thank you for the breakdown tens. Bijan Robinson targeted over 20% of his routes. Other stat, he has uh, been on the field for 60% of team pass plays. So he's definitely used in the passing game quite a bit. He's known as like the shifty running back. If anybody has seen this play, by the way, of the overhead view of one of his plays that he did where he's like juking and they like slow motion it down. This technology is getting wild, but it was like one of those like crazy plays where he like broke like four or five tackles. But I think they'll get him definitely involved in the passing game here. Uh, I'm ex- I'm expecting at least four receptions from Bijan Robinson. So our total for our parlay beep boop beep boop beep boop is plus four oh five. I got plus four oh five. There it is. We adjusted yep. it. It was at plus four fifty. We moved it down to four or five to get the hook on the maybe <laughs> so plus fourteen and a half. To put but to put that in perspective, if you say you're a loyal listener and you've taken all three of our next guy up parlays, mm-hmm. well, this is the one you take right now, and it, when it hits, guess what, baby, you're up. Back. Yep. we're plus four oh five. You're up. You're up. Oh, this is one. Rip a point zero five unit. Let's get it. It just takes one. We're fine. It takes one bet. It takes one bet to get rich, everybody. I just Let's everyone remember that this week. It just takes one. So remember that and let's let that be the next guy up parlay this weekend. Let's get rich. That's my plan. I just bet. Why it. did I bet to have to root for Van <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> Too late. I already I already bet it. I need you to it's locked in. I need you to turn I need I need you. <laughs> Lock in. Get it what together, Zach. <laughs> they don't have a have scoreboard, Zach. What have Vanderbilt you done? now? What am, what am I doing with my life? Of all the games you could have made yourself watch, you picked, picked a good one. I'm scouting it out for later in the ball season. Yeah, I'm sure. It's a good one. Oh, sure, sure you are. Way. Good episode, Great everybody. Episode. That's a wrap. All right, so I'll close this out for this episode. Uh, once again, we appreciate you all listening to us. Uh, check out all of our social media. Check out our Messing Around episode. We'll have some fun things going on for next Monday. And we hope you all have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening.